Hello, everybody. Happy Monday morning after our last major of the year. It wouldn't be a Monday morning without a little bit of technical difficulties between TJ and myself. Just, uh, you know, the classic Monday morning. Took us a little extra time here this morning to get it started, but we're ramped up. We're back. We're talking the Open. We're talking the 3M Championship. It's Monday. TJ, how are things? How was the weekend? One of our favorite guys, Brian Harmon, taking it down. Major champion for the first time. Pretty much going wire to wire. I know he wasn't actually the leader after the first round, but took the lead pretty early into the second round and then never looked back, winning by what five, six strokes, actually. Yeah, six strokes because he made birdie on the last hole. So, um, yeah, heck, heck of a performance by Brian Harmon. Fun tournament overall. Definitely didn't get to watch as much as I would like just because of the overnight timing. But uh, fun to wake up every morning, have some golf to watch. We've also got the Rainmakers football keynote taking place right after this show at 3 p.m. Eastern in the, the DraftKings Marketplace Discord. So we'll start to get a little bit of information on what's going on. All things Rainmakers football will be doing similar to what we've done with PGA Tour. We'll be doing content, tools, all the things when it comes to Rainmakers football. So excited about that. And uh, yeah, then we got the 3M open, very weak field, I would say, coming coming up next week. So we'll, we'll touch on all the things, but uh, and also Coop is just firing on the links himself over there. Guys going two rounds of 76 over the weekend. So uh, yeah, we've got Poker Pro TJ and Golf Pro Coop on the show hosting today. Yeah, I, uh, I I generally agree with what you said about not being able to catch as much. Honestly, more from the broadcast that we get in, in America than anything else. Uh, I was up pretty early most of the day, somewhere around 6 Eastern, 6, 7 Eastern, trying to just get an idea of when coverage is going to be live, who's going to be live, when, who you're going to be able to look at and see. Uh, I mean... I will, I will say we'll, we'll keep, we'll keep it to fantasy golf, but my goodness, golf coverage in America needs change. If you follow any like the no laying up guys, or if you follow any other sort of more broad golf Twitter, you'll basically see how much commercial. And, and if you're following or watching yourself, I mean, you're just inundated with commercials or playing through, you're missing some key shots. It's definitely, definitely a challenge. Uh, it's a multi-device experience, at least from, from my stand standpoint. Uh, I've now honestly gone to like three devices. Uh, if I don't have a, a laptop or my iPad, I feel a little bit lost watching golf. My phone, of course, I'm on DraftKings, uh, I'm sweating contests, I'm looking at everything, I'm trying to check out leaderboards, I'm looking at Shot Tracker. Uh, I will say for the open, shout out to the RNA. The app was pretty fantastic. I know we give the Masters a ton of credit every single year for the Masters app. Uh, I think the RNA is right on the heels of Augusta and the Masters uh, at creating a app-worthy experience. Now, the thing the Masters has that the RNA doesn't have is you can see every single shot uh, from your players uh, at the Masters. You can't see the actual shots, uh, but I thought I listened to their radio coverage uh, from the app a good bit. I thought that was pretty phenomenal to get sort of a, you know, we keep saying this golf is kind of a global game and we want to expand globally. It's interesting to hear people 
from England, from you know Scotland, from the home place of the game. It's interesting to hear their takes, how they describe the shot. So I did a lot of that on Sunday uh, when it felt like it was going to be a little bit of a snooze fest, quite frankly. Uh, and the only reason why we had a snooze fest is because of you know one guy and one guy's name only, Brian Harmon. If somebody like Rory McIlroy or, you know, you go back to a Tiger Woods in 2006 when, or I think it was 2000, I can't remember when he won the open at uh, the old course at St. Andrews, the old course, but when Tiger and guys at the top of the game win by six, uh, they're, they're applauded. They, uh, they get all the credit in the world. When someone like Brian Harmon wins a major by six, he he probably doesn't get as much credit. Uh, And he was, unflappable uh it was outrageous display of being able to put the ball in the right spot not only with shot one but also shot two and a a display and if you've played golf at all a display of a hot putter unlike most hot putters in the entire world 58 out of 59 putting from 10 feet and in an absolute astonishing um Astonishing performance with the flat stick. Also didn't three putt all weekend. Uh, we talked about it on multiple shows last week where you were going to be hitting putter off the green. You were going to be needing to, to hit 30, 40, 50 foot lag putts uh, to have zero three putts and to make every single putt except for one inside of 10 feet is absolutely absurd. That's how you get uh, a six shot lead at a major. And yeah, it was a pretty uneventful weekend. Uh, for Harmon, slept on the 54-hole lead, uh, slept on the 36-hole lead, slept on the 54-hole lead, didn't didn't bother him whatsoever. Uh, he was quoted on Saturday after the round, said that after he made the two bogeys, there was somebody yelling in the crowd. And of course, it was going to be a you know an anti-American crowd. They wanted Tommy Ladd uh, to win their their home championship. The same way, you know, and, and I saw this comment on Twitter a lot, the same way Matt Fitzpatrick faced a pretty rowdy and raucous crowd in Brookline, Massachusetts uh, two years ago at the U.S. Open. So I, I think rightfully so, you know, you want sort of your national open to feel a little bit harder to win. But uh, Harmon quoted by saying, somebody told him, you don't have the stones for this. And Harmon just laughed and said, that was really all that I needed to turn things around. I knew I was going to go through my process. I knew that I was going to hit good shots coming in. Uh, TJ, let's get your take on what is probably the most interesting thing debated uh, uh, on golf Twitter when Harmon wins is the waggle. What did you think of Harmon's waggle and his pre-shot routine? Yeah, lots of waggles. Too many waggles for my liking. I also think though on the coverage, they don't necessarily need to like highlight it and and you know really bring it to the surface. I feel like that <laughs> makes it a more negative viewing experience. I don't know. I feel like they could find a way to like cut around it or acknowledge it, but not focus on it. But yeah, the waggles obviously became kind of the talk of the town and is definitely a lot. I, it, it's it's kind of surprising that somebody can be that like seemingly uncomfortable over every single shot and go out and lap the field in a major. But uh, yeah, I mean, we, we see it all the time, right? A lot of these, a lot of these guys just play a little slower. It, it's Patrick Cantlay esque in a way. And uh, yeah, I mean, I even saw something like they had like the counter, like counting the number of waggles, which, I don't know if that's meant to be like entertaining or funny or what, but I feel like it uh, only kind of 
threw gasoline onto the fire of this is annoying to watch. Yeah, yeah. I definitely don't disagree with you there. I also think like it would be sort of impossible to at least not comment on it or at least not highlight it. I think the counter was like where you have to walk this fine line and you're trying to make it as entertaining a fine line as possible. And I think the counter was like the one step a little bit farther uh, over the line. Listen, there's a lot of crazy pre-shot routines in golf. Uh, Some are longer, some are shorter, some are more awkward looking. Uh, The waggle is pretty standard, pretty common for uh, you know, you, you see it on a lot of guys, you just don't see 20 shots or 20 waggles per shot. Uh, and sometimes that's what Harmon does. He waggles his club 10, 15, 20 times, uh, before he's really ready at address to fire. I thought that I thought that it was a very, I always think in golf when we, in the day and age of golf, like right now with 8k cameras, with ultra high D televisions, um, it feels like there is like this angle where the broadcast is trying to catch something. You know, we know that golf is a game where, you know, you can call penalties on people. Random callers will call in and say there was a penalty and it's been investigated before and penalties have been assessed before from the broadcast. I felt like uh, on some of the angles when Harmon is waggling his wedge behind a ball, like the, the broadcast is dying for the ball to move in some way or something like that. So I'm glad we didn't get, any sort of crazy golf rules that that sometimes come into play, and quite frankly, the rightful the rightful champion golfer of the year uh, over these four days was certainly Brian Harmon, 67, 65, 69, 70 final round to win by six shots. Like you said, it was a race for a second. Uh, a lot of a lot of the conversations that I was in yesterday were, hey, let's just take if Brian Harmon comes out of this thing, it's a fantastic Open Championship that everyone's raving about and dying to see kind of the final shot. Uh, Tom Tom Kim, Sepp Shaka, Jason Day, John Rahm, all tied at minus seven. And then you had Grillo, McElroy, Cam Young, Homa, Fleetwood, other big names that were sort of, you know, in the mix for that second spot on Sunday. You know, none other than probably the local favorite, obviously, and Tommy Fleetwood plays a pretty solid round of golf on Sunday. Just couldn't get anything to go in. Uh, had just as many chances as as anybody. Uh, you know, you can look at the scorecard. He shot a uh, he shot a 70, 72 uh, on Sunday, but all of his uh, shots under par came at the seventeenth. Uh, we suspected that the seventeenth could produce some some drama and some challenges. It just didn't play as difficult as they thought it would but we saw somebody else in the first round now that i'm i'm blanking on the name uh somebody else in the first round made triple but tommy makes triple uh triple bogey six on a short par 317th with three treacherous bunkers to uh take him out of out of competition even for second place but yeah it was basically a good tournament absent the uh the leader the leader at the top there uh rory another run will formally go 10 years uh without capturing a major I saw a stat tweeted that if you look at the guys who've played all the majors over the last eight years and, and haven't withdrawn or anything like that, if you look at their total score to par, Rory sits above everybody. He's minus 41 in the last eight years at majors. So he clearly has played 
really well in majors by most statistical categories, by any sort of analytics. Uh, but majors in golf are binary. We judge them in a binary manner. We judge them based on how many you simply win or lose. Um, and that's a really hard thing to, to judge people by. But I think it's what everyone wants to see Rory do. So uh, another major year without Rory winning one, but with him playing some pretty phenomenal golf uh, in most every major championship outside of Augusta this year. Yeah, it seemed like the second round was really what made the difference for Harmon, where he goes out and shoots 65, and the majority of the field is shooting over par. So he, uh, you know, kind of just kind of separated himself when conditions were tough on Friday, and then never looked back from there. And like you said, if, if it weren't for Harmon, I mean, you got what four golfers tied at second, a couple tied at six, tied at eight, tied at 10. So, uh, and yeah, you got Rom right in the mix there. Rory right in the mix. Scotty Scheffler for the first time, not finding himself in the top five. Where did he end up? He, he was kind of like middle, middle of the had a, had a great run on Sunday. I believe he shot a minus 467 on Sunday to finish D23 like D23. Yeah. D23, even par total. Yeah, even par total. I think Scotty was another one he just, I mean, similar to Cam Young, and Cam Young almost went Scotty 2.0 this week uh, between him and Tommy Fleetwood in terms of putting. They just couldn't get anything to fall. Um, so I, I think Scotty continues to strike it well. Uh, simply just can't get anything uh, anything to fall putting wise. Actually, I don't know if you have the numbers in front of you. I uh, I'm bringing them up, but I don't have I don't have the stroke gained numbers in front of me for putting. I didn't see exactly what Scotty did, but it felt like uh, he hit it well enough to play well, just couldn't make putts. Yeah, I, I actually did not look at the numbers either. But yeah, you mentioned Cam Young. He's he's uh he's our favorite this week coming into the 3M open. Him and him and Tony Finau. So anytime you got Cam Young and Tony Finau, who continues to disappoint, missing the cut at the open hopefully do yeah. not play him in your yeah let's bring it up lineup. i uh i said on the monday show last week i forced tj uh to make my lineup and uh we we made the lineup of hideki matsuyama captain brian Harmon, a second my second elite adam scott my third elite and then scotty scheffler john rom rounded out the team finished 28th in the elite guaranteed contest for a score of 500 uh shout out tj i certainly would have very, very likely had Tony Finau in that top line. Um, I also, uh, I the, the second lineup, I, I had debated uh, leveraging a Grillo, Emil, uh, Emiliano Grillo, Brian Harmon kind of stack because I like those guys together and they, they play similar sets of golf. Uh, so I, I had debated bringing some Emiliano in and then looked at it. It would have been weird, very weird for me to play Emiliano over Adam Scott. I, I like Adam Scott. All the numbers stood tall for Adam Scott. Emiliano obviously played really well, uh, finished six. What did he finish six under? I want to say, uh, yeah, six, six under for Grillo tied T six with McElroy. Um, so that certainly would have helped, uh, but in general would be pretty strange for me to play Grillo over Adam Scott. So, uh, very happy with my lineup. I also sat in on Saturday, uh, I opted to play a rare gated team that had Ho uh, Hovland over uh, Scotty. Uh, I played. I thought Scott Scotty was just going to be really, really high owned uh, in the in the gated contests. Uh, so he's kind of like a 
free square. Uh, and for me, I was playing up a core, so I wasn't able to play Scotty captain because I played my rare Scotty up in elite, played my core Scotty up in rare. Um, so I ended up opting to play Hovland over Scotty in the, in the rare gated Saturday. I was the bubble boy sitting in 14th. I unfortunately had Cam Young captain, which panned out all the way until Sunday, uh, when Cam just couldn't make anything. So didn't, uh, didn't cash in that one, but I thought it was a good, good lesson for when you are playing some of these mega chalk guys up, you got to think about like ceiling and, like how duped you would be and stuff like that. So I, I just decided to play a pretty off the wall lineup. Cam Young, Matt's, Max Homa, Matt Fitzpatrick, uh, Vic Hovland. And uh, who was my last year? Who was my last? Oh, I played a, I played a Grillo uh, there uh, in that contest. And yeah, I had a good sweat. It was a fun, fun, fun contest to sweat. I really like the rare gated sweat. I think the payout structure of $500 is a nice one. So you need to win. You need to be at the top of the board. Um, you need to beat a lot of lineups, but I really like the, the sweat in terms of just getting into the cash uh, is a fun one from my perspective. So I'll be continuing to play those gated contests. Uh, anything else we want to cover on the open uh, i'm trying to think of other storylines that are out there uh if you played blitz we had the matthew jordan in the uh in, in the packs shout out him uh kid who hit the first tee shot uh member at hoylake member at royal liverpool ends up playing himself all the way into a t10 uh minus four pretty phenomenal story i saw some awesome twitter uh twitter tweets of videos pictures of him in the men's clubhouse uh at royal at royal uh, at uh at Hoylake afterwards, uh, just a pretty phenomenal scene. If you played in any sort of member guest, you can imagine the, uh, the level of taking it up a notch at a major championship and playing that well, uh, pretty awesome for somebody, somebody who's been a member at that course since he's been 10 years old. So pretty fun to see stuff like that. I can't think of any other major storylines here that we want to hit on anything else you had that stood out. I think that's about it. Final major of the year. In the books, now we we turn our you know heads towards the the FedEx Cup playoffs, which will be coming up in the next what three three weeks here, less than less than three weeks. We got the three M Open this weekend, then we get the Wyndham Championship, and then and we get started with the FedEx, the the St Jude, the BMW, and and the Tour Championship. So uh, maybe maybe next week we'll do a little bit more of a deep dive into what to expect from the FedEx cup playoffs. And, and those are going to be the final three deluxe sized prize pools for this year. And then once we hit September, you know, main focus shifts to football season, but we will continue to have the fall swing golf with a, a number of standard prize pools when it comes to, to rainmakers. So still plenty of time to, uh, to get value out of the card, saw some people in Discord talking about their kind of strategy toward the end of the season. If people want to try and sell their cards, if they want to just kind of squeeze the last bit of equity out of their cards in the remaining contests, I think it all you know kind of comes down to to your personal preference and, and what you're trying to do. And you know, in general, at this point in the season, the marketplace prices are not going to be as high as they they were early on, so you're not going to be able to get as much of a, of a return. I'm personally just going to ride ride my collection to the end here and uh ride it ride it through the playoffs but yeah crazy kind of how a it's it's almost august and 
yeah, gol- golf season with all four majors now completed, kind of going to be winding down here. But uh, the beauty of golf is that it's pretty much 12 months a year at this point. There, there You know, there's a bit of a break like around December, January. But for, for the most part, we get golf every single week of the year. And uh, Rainmakers is going to continue bringing us contests. And we'll continue bringing you the content and the tools to help you perform in those contests and uh, win some DraftKings bucks. Yeah, and well said. We got five weeks left, in my opinion, of like strong contests with some of the best fields uh, coming at you. In my opinion, I know TJ starts it off by saying it's a it's a weak field. I actually think the 3M is a very interesting field because I think it's pretty balanced. I think when you look at the top, Tony Finau, Cam Young, it's all guys working to play in the playoffs and play well, uh, find where their game is struggling and continue to try to capture in these last two events, the three I'm open in the Wyndham championship. Some more FedEx cup points again, to just play the playoff events. And then the playoff events is going to be, uh, some of the most fun, I think on DraftKings Rainmakers. they're going to be small fields. They're going to be some of the best golfers. They're going to be some of the biggest prize pools. So when you think about it like that, you know, we saw it at major championship here with 61 cards uh, in play at the open. Uh, the FedEx St. Jude is going to have uh, 50. Uh, the Wyndham championship is going to have 30 golfers uh, in the field. So I think it's going to be a really interesting contest uh, over the course of the next five weeks. Who's going to play their way in to the playoffs? Who's going to sort of bubble on their way out? And then from there, who's going to play great golf for what is three straight weeks? Uh, the FedEx St. Jude, August 10th, the BMW, August 17th, the tour championship, August 24th, the month of August is entirely the playoff events. And then we have one, in my opinion, one final flagship contest and flagship golf event in 2023. It's the Ryder cup end of September, uh, September 29th, Europe, Europe versus the USA over on Europe soil in Italy should be very interesting to see who makes the USA team and who makes the Europe team. If anyone's been tracking that, certainly the USA has been struggling, whereas they certainly have the better team in terms of, you know, prolific golf profiles. Uh, But team Europe has been playing some fantastic golf over the course of the last month where the guys in the U uh, uh, that are sort of locks on the USA team have certainly not played very good Uh, top and kind of number one conversation starter uh, around the Ryder cup. These days is Justin Thomas is Justin Thomas going to play the Ryder cup. He's certainly going to have to be one of captain Zach Johnson's six uh, all alternate uh, picks, how it works is the top six guys in terms of money earned and Ryder cup points are automatically given a spot. And then the next six guys are all coaches spots. We all know if you've watched full swing, Justin Thomas and Jordan Spieth, just very, very good friends have played golf since they've been, you know, six, seven, eight years old and they play pretty phenomenal together. They're also some of the biggest names in golf, which makes it pretty hard uh, to not put them on the USA team. You'd be putting somebody like a Tony Finau on or a Keegan Bradley on over somebody like a Justin Thomas, who if you talk to a casual golf fan, they're going to have no idea most likely, uh, or maybe they know Keegan Bradley's name from wearing Jordans, but not really watching him play golf versus Justin Thomas uh, is in the category of, you know, Tiger's camp and a mentee to Tiger, Tiger and stuff like that. So I think it'll be very interesting, but 
uh, before we get there, yeah, you said it best. We got three great uh, deluxe prize pool events, and the next two weeks are premium prize pool events. Uh, I like the premium prize pool events because DraftKings, what they've done is, uh, at least in the past, they've they've held that top prize constant of 10K at Elite, 5K at Rare, and they've skinnied the prize pools uh, in terms of like payout structure, how far it goes down. But we're still chasing a 5K, or, or sorry, a, a five-figure $10,000 prize pool in that Elite Gated contest, which is pretty fun. Um, all right, I think that'll do it for all of the stuff I had around the Open, around the golf schedule. Uh, let's get into the 3M, and I think we can break this one down pretty quickly, Teach. but I am interested in your thoughts. I think this kind of contest, and I've said it before, I'll say it again, this kind of contest is like a dfs golfers paradise i'll say if you play fantasy golf and you play fantasy golf regularly i just have this sneaky suspicion and i've seen it confirmed via several guys uh on twitter where it's a kind of field that it just makes sense and you can make the right decisions and you like the way things are looking at the top of the board but also in this mid-range all the way down to like plus 7,000. If you're looking on our site, otmnft.com on the player's view, I mean, the top 30, I think you could make a could probably make a really good case for a lot of these guys to win. Uh, when you got guys like Finau, Kim Young, Justin Thomas, Sunjay M at the top of the board, we know those guys are struggling. We've said they've been struggling for weeks now. Hell, I mean, Sunjay M finally plays decent at the open uh can't remember where where'd sanjay finish here i actually want, want to see that played pretty well I want to say he finished like one under yeah one under t t20 uh probably his first time playing well in three four weeks uh now he shows up where you know the only guys above him on the odds board are uh, are cameron rung and, and tony Finau. two guys where if you're sanjay m you think you can beat those guys pretty regularly uh, you're, you're not scared of, of Tony, uh, like you are potentially, or like you don't want to face a John Rahm or a Scotty Scheffler coming down, uh, coming down the stretch on Sunday. But I think this is the kind of field that Emiliano Grillo feels really comfortable in Gary Woodland feels really comfortable in Patrick Rogers feels perfectly fine. And Patrick Rogers loses in a playoff to Akshay Batia in the alternate event, the Barracuda. Um, so he's playing pretty well. You also get a guy like Keith Mitchell, who, if you heard anything about the Open Championship, was pretty pissed off that he didn't make the cut for the Open Championship. Uh, winner uh, on tour, I think he was top 50 or something like that in the world, and he was completely shocked that his name uh, was an alternate uh, in the Open Field event. I think he was like the fourth or the fifth alternate. He was overseas and to play the Scottish. He planned to be there for two weeks. Uh, he was forced to leave because he didn't get into the event, came back, played the Barracuda, didn't play well. But I can tell you he's probably pretty irked uh, about not being able to play that major and probably wanting to put up a good event here pretty soon. So I, I think you know my take is a lot of these guys are live with a ton of win equity. Uh, interested in how you see the board, TJ, and if anything – Honestly, anything in particular stands out because of uh, how weak we would call the, the top of the board and how weak the top of the board has been from a recent performance standpoint. Yeah, I think it sets up nicely, especially for Rainmakers and even for DFS as well, just because so, so many different things can happen. There's really not a single golfer on the board that that I think has a super high floor for this week. It seems like it's anyone's ball game, <clears throat> And, you know, looking at the top, 30 50 golfers i think any of them can go out and and get the win this weekend definitely 
a good week to be looking at some of the longer shot golfers for anyone that's out there betting outrights. Um, yeah, three M opens are always always kind of a fun tournament. Honestly, um, I, I remember just playing it in DFS for years and something about it. There's always some unique things, but yeah, you got guys like Grillo who you mentioned and Sepp Straka who are, are coming off, not just great performances last week specifically, but also have been playing well in general the past couple of weeks and months. Um, you know, you've got Sahit Thigala, Thigala in the field. You've got guys like Keith Mitchell and Patrick Rogers and Cam Davis had one, like pl plenty of names here that are our familiar names that we are used to being kind of like value plug-in plays into a lineup. But in this field and in this tournament, there are guys that that more than usual have a legit shot at top fives and and victories. So I think it's a, a fun tournament from a fantasy golf standpoint. And a, a lot of the times when the fields are like this, I'd rather it be more of a balance in terms of being a quote-unquote weak field as opposed to having you know some of those tournaments where we've had like Scotty Scheffler or John Rahm at top and then a bunch of the the more middling golfers. So yeah, I think it sets up really nice from a fantasy standpoint. I think it's a, a perfect follow-up to the Open Championship from last week. And uh, yeah, even like as I was looking down the board and, and looking at stats, I, I think there's a lot of different ways that you can go that you actually feel really good about, which, which is nice. Now for Rainmakers, you may not have as many default options in your collection i mean I, I was looking through on the otm lineup builder and it, it seems like i only have three lineups that as is i can put together with the golfers that i have um and from a from a rare contest standpoint so potentially a week where it's worth going out cheap bargain shopping uh if you want to but uh yeah happy to to jump into some of my specific player takes as well there, there's definitely a couple guys that that, that i think are going to be good in this field and uh people we want to be targeting in rainmakers yeah i'll tell you what i'm i'm uh i'm chomping the bit honestly based on how and one thing i like about rainmakers is some weeks you have the weeks where and uh, you look at your collection and your collection just doesn't really line up and of course you play your teams, you play your, you play the, the cards that you have, but some weeks you might just feel a little bit different about your chances. And then other weeks you have those, those times when the field and your collection lines up really well. You know, I look at last year's leaderboard and if we could get a repeat of last year's leaderboard, I would take it. Tony Finau wins, Sanjay M T2, Emiliano to T2, Tom Hoagie T4, uh, coming all the way down to T10, HS and Hadley, T7, Callum Taran, T11, JT Poston. These guys are all guys who I have in my portfolio. So I'm pretty excited uh, for this tournament. Pretty excited that it's a premium prize pool. Going to be able to put together a pretty solid team. Um, I think it's also going to be an event where it's not, and, and I'm, I'm like walking this fine line, TJ. It's not quite a birdie fest, but it could get to a birdie fest. Uh, last year, minus 17, Tony Finau won it. The year before that, it was minus 
15, Cameron Champ wins it. The year before that, minus 19, Michael Thompson. And the year before that, Matt Wolf at minus 21. So I think pretty consistently going to going to need to make birdies, but we're not going to get to 25 under, uh, 26, 27 under. You're going to need to get somewhere in the teens and then hopefully have a shot uh, at what, uh, you know, we'll see how the leaderboard shapes up. I could also see this being the week where, to me, this field again, shows some inconsistency. I could see a couple times uh, this week where whether it be Thursday or Friday, guys go out and shoot 62, 63, but they follow it up with a 70. They follow it up with a 71. And even on the weekend, I could see someone moving on Saturday uh, during moving day and then not being able to hold on or move enough on Sunday to win it. Uh, I do think the ups and downs and fluctuations uh, that this set of golfers, this field has produced has been pretty interesting. So I think you're you might, you might have a week on your hands here where your lineups are really never out of it, uh, which I think is also a really fun sweat for, uh, enjoying the contest alongside, uh, how your, your position is on the leaderboard. Um, all right, let's get into some player takes and I'm going to try to, I'm going to try to just chunk it off here, uh, in terms of players, but Let's talk top of the board, and we're going to go all the way down to th- plus three thousand. We're going to include Sepp Straka here because I think it, it it he he warrants being included. Tony Finau coming off a miscut. Cam Young maybe coming off some uh, a little bit of finding something. Sunjay M found something. Hideki played pretty solid golf. JT we all know about JT and the struggles of JT. Shot eighty two uh, on on Thursday, so not playing great golf. And then Emiliano Grillo who has played great golf and Seb Straka who's played great golf TJ anybody uh in this range of what is that seven golfers seven golfers that stands out to you as both a hey I'm interested but then also a hey I'm not playing this guy at all yeah it's a it's a weird one where the top five guys I don't really love any of them honestly I mean I definitely don't really like Finau he yeah he's the defending champion but we've talked about a week over week now he's just not playing very well. Same thing with Sun JM Hideki. I think Hideki Hideki's always a solid play, but also this isn't really the type of tournament where, where you would expect the Hideki win. Definitely more of the grinder type where you, you expect him to, you know, get towards the top in some of the stronger field events where it's, it's a difficult scoring and lower winning score. Uh, Hideki always someone that, that can struggle with the putter as well. and going to need to make some birdies, this week cam young i mean cam young yeah he's uh, he'll get another win eventually but man he's he's all over the place and just not super consistent and i don't know that necessarily his distance is going to give him a a major advantage this week so it's one of the first times where i've looked at the top of the board and been like oof. and i mean justin thomas i'm really just not interested in justin thomas at all Again, the thing with Justin Thomas is the only reason that he's even priced at, what is he, 20 to 1 is because his name is Justin Thomas. Like if his name was anything else, he'd be 50 to 1, even in this field. So the, the two guys that actually interest me the most are the final two in, Gr- in Grio and Straka. I think they're two of my favorite plays this week. And, you know, I haven't done too much DFS research, but I, I imagine as a, in DFS, they're the fifth and sixth priced golfers. And I have to imagine they're going to be super chalky when it comes to DFS. I mean, they're just, they're, 
popping in in just about every stat category. Gria is essentially top 10 in everything except for around the green. He's even over the last 24 rounds, ninth in the field in putting, which is like Gr- unheard of when it comes Grillo to Grillo finished second in 2022 and third in 2020. So I think he's a big course history guy. Grillo yeah. just, just really is checking almost every box. I would be shocked if he's not one of the top guys coming out of all of the optimizers or models. Uh, so if, and when you're listening to the content this week, Grillo is going to be talked about. I think the guy's oh, yeah. playing really good golf. I think as always, uh, it, it's an interesting one. I'll be playing Grillo this week. If he if he bites me, he bites me. But I, I will be playing my guy, Emiliano Grillo, this week. Actually debating captaining Grillo over Matsuyama is my big decision this week. Uh, whether we go Grillo or whether we stick with Hideki. I love Hideki. I love how consistent he is. I just don't think Hideki's built to win a con- win, win a championship when it's it, it, right now where he's at uh, when it's 17, 18, 19 under par. I think it's much better when you're grinding out the pars, when you need to hit a tough shot after a bad shot. That's when Hideki uh, plays really well. But man, I uh, it was fun this weekend when Hideki had multiple uh, front nine bogey free, uh, front nines. Uh, you're on the back nine and you're watching every hole. Just like, don't make a bogey. Don't make a bogey, <laughs> especially in the captain spot. That seven and a half points is, is huge. Uh, so I, I do think Hideki has much better chance to go clean sheet than somebody like Grillo. It's just that Grillo can rattle them off seemingly. And when he gets hot, he, uh, he knows how, he knows how to put them in the hole. So yeah, it'll be very interesting between those two. All right. Yeah. What else you got? And, yeah, I mean, and then just as we, as we go down further, just kind of looking at some of the names that stick out to me. Cam Davis hasn't been playing great, but I always like him in, in Birdie Fest type of stuff. He's always always does well when it comes to DraftKings scoring. Mark Hubbard, I like. Aaron Rye, I like. Lucas Glover actually popped a lot for me. He's been been really good he's first in this field in ball striking 16th off the tee third in approach over the last 24 rounds so lucas glover back 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 from the dead a bit uh he's someone who like three four years ago i i played a decent amount of dfs and his last three times out in you know these weaker field events which is what this is at the rocket mortgage the john deere and the barbasol finishing fourth sixth and fifth so three straight strong performances in in similar type of events for Glover. So uh, he's he's someone I don't think we've ever mentioned on this show before, but I do like him this week. Eric Cole is someone who we have mentioned before on this show. I also like him again this week. And uh, yeah, th- those those are kind of some of the guys that that have jumped out to me. Let's see who else. Austin Eckroat kind of jumped jumped out a bit yeah there's a a lot to like this week Doug Gim down further I kind of like too so uh man this this might be a week for me to get back into some DFS lineups too which I haven't been doing a ton of recently but but I actually really the more I look at it really do like this field and I think there's a ton of different ways that you can go and I also think that uh there's from a rainmaker standpoint not going to be like one super chalky roster construction build type. Um, so I, th- I think you can actually build your lineups without really worrying about any ownership stuff in-, in Rainmakers because, you know, like when the top of the board is, is this unreliable? I don't think, uh, I don't think there's any one way that is like the 
best way. And so therefore I think you'll, you'll see scattered constructions across the board. All right, let me summarize. I got three things I want to, I want to bring up. Number one, we are going to remember, and the people are going to remember the first time we brought up Lucas Glover on this show, because I think Lucas Glover, keep me honest here. I did a little Googling, but uh, a couple of years ago, Lucas Glover, we all know Patrick Reed. We all know like Patrick Reed's scenario, whether it's like he's cheated on the golf course, his off course situation is crazy. He's got one of the more crazy uh, golf wives, but I believe, keep me honest. If you remember this story, TJ, I believe Lucas Glover has like one of these crazy golf wives where he was in the news in some tournament. Cause he finished like, Third it's like beats or something, uh, but he it came out cut. that yeah, it, it came out that like third or fourth for his wife, and he got like ripped a new one because she said he, he could have easily got first. And yes, it, it was like he was in this abusive relationship where if he misses the cut, he has to like listen, like like almost like if you uh, if you, if you played sports as a kid, uh, your your parents gonna make sure that you your dad's gonna make sure you know all the bad plays that you made. Uh, so it's almost like that feeling. But uh, there's a crazy story out there about uh, he called she called nine one one or somebody called nine one one that made its way uh, in golf media. So Lucas Glover has a a crazy home life. We'll leave it at that. Hopefully the guy plays well enough for uh, his wife to approve uh, of his on on course antics this week. So I thought that was interesting. Uh, and then two. You guys heard me at the top of the show. You guys heard me as we introduced the field. I said it was going to be a field that DFS players like. TJ takes a look at the whole field and then says, oh, wait, now I'm going to fire, fire some DFS. It is definitely the kind of field where you have to make like the game theory decisions from a DFS standpoint where you could fade a guy like Emiliano Grillo who has highly variant outcomes and if 30 percent of guys are going to be on somebody like that uh, i'll just i'll just take a pivot right uh so it's very interesting in terms of dfs and the game theory that dfs presents and i think again that's why i continue to say that i really think rainmakers is one completely different from dfs and two it's a it's a much different experience building your team uh riding alongside those guys the entire way uh a lot of conversation in our discord about what are you doing with your cards now is now the time to sell i have been like testing the market uh in some ways every single week here or there but man i uh i'm still so so clawing back to the investment that i made i'm just about there and frankly my goal of like playing rainmakers was to have fun with golf was to maybe try to make a little bit of money. And now we've got these short field events coming up. I'm almost there. So yeah, I'm going to be going down swinging all the way through the end of the calendar season here with my portfolio. Really like the way things have shaped up really like some of the buys uh, that I've made been rounding out the rare team with Rom last week. So excited for these playoff events excited to, I also bet going back to the DFS thing. I've, bet i haven't listened to any content but i guarantee this is going to be one of those weeks where people are like you can leave two thousand in salary on the table and still have a good lineup like i, I guarantee that's going to be because it is i mean you know like i said you're not the, the high price guys aren't really that appealing so uh yeah uh, that that i i think that's going to be a talk track on dfs touts this week if i had to guess I like it. I love when uh, TJ has a good talk track. All right, uh, let's do two things before we get people out of here. I am certainly not letting you not select my top lineup after a 28th place finish in the elite gated contest. We need to run it back. I'm not going to share a screen, but we're going to narrow down some options here for you. And I'm going to get your take. So I've got Hideki. I've got Grillo. And again, 
I'm plugging my guy, Tony Finau. I'm putting him in there. The decision would be a JT Poston, Adam Svensson, Lee Hodges, Grayson Sig over Tony Finau. I think it's way too fancy. Uh, but I then think my rare decisions are very interesting. I've got a Cam Young. I've got a Gary Woodland. I've got an Adam Hadwin. I've got a Keith Mitchell. I've got a JT Poston. Again, rare. So I, I, I've only locked in really one guy. So four guys I like, Hideki, Grillo, Finau. One of those has got to be my captain. Going to be between Grillo and Hideki. I think I'm on Hideki for now. I'm going to have Gary Woodland in this lineup. I think uh, I like the way Gary Woodland has been playing. I like his upside. So I'm going to have Gary Woodland in here. And then... I think I'm going to do it. I'm just letting the odds dictate here. No fancy plays at all. Cam Young, maybe find something a little bit. Would love if his putting stroke was a little more smooth because you're going to need to make birdies, but maybe he's going to be Scotty. Going to just hit it so well that he has a couple of tap-in birdies here in the first couple of days and then maybe find something. So those are the five guys I would have would be interested to hear what you think about those five guys, what captain I should go with. And then if you like a guy like uh, Keith Mitchell, JT Poston, uh, any of that over like, you know, Cam Young or Tony Finau. Yeah, I agree that you got to just play Cam Young and Finau since you have them. All right. So it's, so you're looking at a captain between Cam Young, Finau. Now, captain, captain between Hideki, Grillo and Finau. Hideki, Grillo and Finau. I think, I think you got to go with your guy Grillo. Oh, I think, baby. I think now's the time. Captain Grillo. Oh, I think I baby. like him the best out of those guys this week, which is kind of crazy. Okay. And We're Captain that, Grillo. I think less people will click him as the captain than, than Finau and Hideki. So I'd like it for, I like him kind of straight up and also when considering game theory things. All right. I love it. We're Captain and Grillo. We've got Hideki in the lineup. I will say last week, TJ said we're playing Brian Harmon over Tony Finau. Not only did Brian Harmon get into that lineup, I also sprinkled a little on the uh, Brian Harmon plus 10,000 win. Oh, baby. Uh, had a couple of bucks on that. Nothing massive, but had a couple of bucks there. Like to back up some of my thoughts uh, for five to 10 bucks uh, when you can on outright. So had a couple of bucks on Harmon outright as well. So get your, get your Hideki and your Grillo outrights, uh, sprinkle a few dollars on them. Certainly not paying anywhere near uh, what the Brian Harmon was paying last week, but it was a fun, fun sweat. All right. That's the top lineup. We will not be changing it. We'll lock it in and go with that. Uh, as always, TJ, we need to send out the people your winner pick of the week. Who takes home the 3M championship headed into the playoffs? And quite frankly, in this field, they probably move what depending on where they started unless we get some crazy, you know, someone deep, deep, deep in the odds board winning this thing you're going to probably ship a playoff spot into the top 70 with a win this week is my guess based on the number of FedEx points that are out there. So I uh, would love to know who you think takes it home and probably secures themselves a spot at least into the first playoff event. I'm going to go with a guy this week. Who's who's on a bit of a bit of a heater here coming off of a second place T2 last week at the open and also winning the John Deere Classic just a few short weeks ago. Sepp Straka gets his, his second win in three outings. I think he's been been super solid. First off, I've always liked Sepp Straka. Um, 
just like he's been like a value type guy that I, that I've gone to a lot in recent years. And uh, it seems like this season he's really stepped it up a notch into, you know, kind of I'd, I'd say putting himself into another tier in terms of, of where he's ranked. And the results are showing that has multiple top five, top 10 finishes. And uh, I think golf's a streaky game. So I'm, I'm going with Sepp Strzok as my winner pick for this week. 30 to one. I absolutely love the pick in Sepp Straka. Here's what I will say about Sepp Straka because I actually have something to say other than just sending you guys on your way about your day. Sepp Straka, last year, I'm trying to pull it up. TJ might remember, so I'm just going to fire it out there. One of, if not the best playoff player last season. Sepp Straka literally showed up to the playoffs played so well that he went from like like 68 or 69, one of the last guys in, I want to say, played himself into the BMW, played himself into the Tour Championship based on his play, played the 2022 FedEx playoffs so damn well last year. That's when uh, he kind of marched in onto the scene and got his name really onto the scene. Had some crazy shots in the playoffs uh, to win certain events. I want to say he had like the shot off the rocks last year, if I remember, on uh, one of the par threes in a playoff event. Can't remember exactly who it was with, but definitely plays the playoff events really well. So uh, look for Sep to uh, play well here at the 3M Open and then look for him to be sort of a value guy as we head into the playoffs. All right. Uh, we usually don't take too many comments. This is an important one uh, on this show. Sports Freak, Sports Freaky vacation says won some Genesis birdie packs in DFS last week, last week value about a 100 with the tool open or sell. Uh, I mean, if you're winning, if you have zero rainmakers collection, I think it's fine putting them for sale. I think people generally know the value of packs. I'm not sure the liquidity there. Uh, otherwise I'd say rip them open, try to sell the, the contents. If you end up ripping open a solid birdie pack, you know, you get a guy like Scotty or Rom, uh, in that pack, you're going to have some solid value in there. So might not be a bad idea to rip. Uh, if, if you have no collection at all, I can understand selling the pack, but if you've got any collection at all, I think I'd probably just rip it open and try to, uh, salvage the hundred bucks via the actual contents of the pack. I think. All right, that'll do it. I'll be back on Wednesday to talk more Rainmakers, to build the rest of my lineups, to answer your questions. Put them over there in our Discord. I'll get to all your thoughts, call for decisions, captain calls, one-on-one uh, -on -one conversations and decisions, all that good stuff. So uh, head on over to the Wednesday show. I'll uh, have a Tuesday article up with my picks at the top of the board, the middle of the odds board and the long shots. And yeah, we'll continue to march forward. Uh, TJ final words for the people. Good luck this weekend. And uh, anyone listening, you can head on over to the, the DraftKings YouTube channel right now for the football keynote with Matt Kalish and uh, the rest of the team. So we're going to be heading there now. Golf season still finishing up football season right around the corner it's a it's a good time to be involved in rainmakers he's tj hot again brian Harmon last week looks like sep straka is going to be on the short list this week get your lineups in i'll talk to you on wednesday i'm coop talk to y'all later see ya. <laughs>